0: Now, we are studying Ephesians. Now, what happened when we finished up two weeks ago, we were talking about inheritance, the inheritance of Christians. Um, and I know that Ethan, under under harsh conditions, did so wonderfully well, I heard last week, keeping keep the theme of for me on this, and I, I'm, I'm grateful to him, I'm grateful to all of you, and I'm sorry what took place last week, I take the blame for that, turn to Mark chapter 10, you got to have an outdoor meeting, <laughs> Mark in chapter 10, now we, we were two weeks ago, I'm going to try to finish this tonight. And uh, I, had, I had a request before church asked me to please shorten the service to 13 words. I don't know. That's what they did. I won't tell you who it was, but he's a little guy. <laughs> All right. All right. Mark 10. In verse 17. And when he was gone forth... In the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now, I finished up two weeks ago on this verse uh, explaining, or basically, we're talking about why did, when, Je- when he came to Jesus and asked him this question, Why, what can I do to inherit eternal life? Well, Jesus didn't give him the answer that you were given. What were you told? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved there's many I mean isn't that the truth? this man was told to sell all that he had. First he told him, keep all the commandments and he couldn't do that. He said, well, then sell all you have and then you'll have treasure in heaven notice what he said though he's talking about eternal life inheritance he's talking about the inheritance i think the richer and ruler was more worried about the inheritance in the in the eternal life than he was the actual eternal life and jesus since he was on this theme told him well if you want true eternal life you got to live all the commandments perfectly which we knew that's impossible to do because all have sinned. But Jesus knew this man had a major problem. His eye offended him. And notice Jesus told them, if your eye offends you, what? Pluck it out. If it's going to keep you from getting coming to him and getting saved, you should pull your own eye out. You'd be better off to have one eye and go into life than to go to have all your body and go into eternal damnation. He had a God over him. He worshipped money. His eye was not single. His eye was evil. He wanted money. He was covetous. That's why it's interesting because Jesus, in his uh, list there in verse 19, he does not tell him, thou shalt not covet. He's really guilty of covetous. He told him to defraud not. Now, interesting, that's not in the Ten Commandments. Defrauding not. He you knew this man got his... his uh, riches through dishonest gains and through cheating people. And and so he knew he had a major problem. But when you get over to John chapter 6, verse 28, they came to Jesus and they said, Master, what shall we do? That we shall work the works of God. And Jesus said unto them, Well, this is the work of God that you believe on him whom he has sent, which is me. So Jesus knew those coming to him and John had a different He dealt with them in a different way. They said, What can we do to work the works of God? Well, we know you can't work the works of God. So, what did he say? The work of God is for you to believe on his son. And just believe, and you shall be saved. You know, uh, believing on Jesus Christ, and I want to say something. You can believe in Jesus all day long, you have to believe on him. You rest on Jesus Christ. To be saved. you tr- All these words come together. Trust Him. Call on the Lord. You shall be saved. Resting in Him. It's a call. The Bible says that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But it's a call that it must be sincere. Because He said if you believe it in your heart, you confess it with your mouth, you shall be saved. So the believing in your heart and then the call is at the mouth. All right, so you have a verbal, uh, you have a verbal proof what your inward belief is. So this rich young ruler had a problem. Jesus knew it, since all he cared about treasures and riches and inheritance. He told him how to get it. He said, just go sell everything you have, give it all to the poor. You come and you follow me, and you'll have treasure in heaven. He didn't say you'll get to heaven, did he? He said you'll have treasures in heaven. Now, we know how to be saved, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, but treasures in heaven come by work. So all that said, I want to finish by... Go back to Ephesians chapter 5. And it hit me in study. I was just reading back over it again this week. And it hit me. You know, the kingdoms. The kingdoms. We have the kingdom of God and we have the kingdom of heaven, and guess what? The kingdom of Christ. Now, you know, the Bible, we also know, we always know, there's two types of kingdoms, the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. They are different. Things different are not the same. They interconnect. But then you have this, look what it says in, in Ephesians chapter 5, and we've, I mean, we've, we've been on this for almost a month. But verse 5, it says, For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, there's that man, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of what? Christ and of God. Any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. So this is undoubtedly, when the kingdom of heaven is fulfilled, when Christ has His day on the earth as King of kings and Lord of lords for a thousand years, that it's the day of Christ. You know, it's interesting. The day of Christ is only mentioned a few times in Paul's epistle. And the day of Christ is significant because it's when Jesus gets His time of glory. And all the things that encompass that, whatever it is, we get in on some of that. You know, it's Him taking us home. The day of Christ actually starts with the rapture. I don't have time to st- to go into this, but it overlaps with the day of the Lord. It really does. But so, but it's a it's an interesting day because it's a day when Jesus has a kingdom, and it's the kingdom of Christ, and it's the kingdom of God. So this is a kingdom future, not now. Future, Jesus has not ruled on a throne yet in Jerusalem. You know, you think about what's going on over there now. This, Jesus is going to be sitting on a throne in Jerusalem someday and how wonderful that's going to be. That's future. But there's a kingdom now. It's called the kingdom of God. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. He said the kingdom of God is cometh without observation. I can't see the kingdom of God in you. You can't see the kingdom of God in me. It's within us. You can see some evidences of it by how people live or by how people speak. Romans 14, 17 says... The kingdom of of God that is now. You know what it is? It's spiritual. It's unseen. It's within. It's not even eating and drinking. It's everything that takes place within the spirit and the soul internally. Christ ruling in you. Because you're saved, you're in the kingdom. You're in the kingdom of God right now. And because you're in the kingdom of God, someday down the line you're going to be within the kingdom of heaven, ruling with Christ his kingdom for a thousand years. So it cometh not with observation now because it is future. So when you wrote, we read this verse, 1 Corinthians 6, 9, he said, Know ye not that the kingdom, or excuse me, that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. They can't inherit the kingdom. It hasn't come yet. It's a future designation now Schofield in his notes says something interesting he, and it's true he says salvation is a present possession any of us that are saved we're saved right now I'm not saved later I'm not striving to get saved later and keep it no I'm saved now okay salvation is a present possession while rewards are a future attainment they are attainment for the future So let's look at this, and I'll give you some statements. I've got a lot to say, and I'm going to try try not to be too confusing on this. So first statement, it's not a kingdom that you're born into spiritually. That's not what we're talking about when he says you inherit the kingdom of God. It's not some spiritual birth that takes place where you enter into the family of God, you're made a part of the body of Christ. That's not the kingdom this is talking about. It's a visible kingdom that you will be raised to with the body in the kingdom age resurrected body so this kingdom is earned by service and by works interesting salvation cannot be earned works are earned alright so turn over to Colossians chapter one Colossians chapter one I want to finish this if if I can uh... So, look what he says in verse 12 of Colossians 1 giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet, which basically able, he's made us available, he's made it possible, he's made it happen. All right? Made us meet to be what? Partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us. from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. This is a free gift of grace that God does in you. This is His work when you believe on Jesus as your Savior. He translated us from darkness to light. He passed us from death into life. We believed. By grace are you saved through faith. But if you turn over to Colossians chapter 3, get over here where he's talking about works. And look what he says in verse uh, 23. Colossians 3:23. says, Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For ye serve the Lord Christ. This is a reward for works. Notice there's a disparity here of right works and wrong works even to the Christian. Look what it says in verse 25. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. And there is no respect of persons. Now this is interesting. He's saying you have a future reckoning of rewards coming to you. It's called your inheritance. Your spiritual inheritance. Uh, You know, People inherit things in in this world that they didn't do one thing to get. They were born into a family. We're born into we got that by birth, though. We're born into the family of God. But God has given us an incentive program to work hard for Him and to serve in the kingdom. And you, and the Bible says it's of the Lord you'll receive the reward of inheritance. Didn't Jesus say when He returns, I return, my reward is with me. I return quickly, and it's with me. To what? To give unto every man according to his work shall be. All of us. There's a disparity of right and wrong. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says that you will receive. Hey, let's just look at this. I don't know if you've ever seen it this way. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in verse 10. Now in verse 9, he says we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. They didn't, he didn't say we're sitting around waiting on the second coming in our easy chairs loafing. He said we're laboring because I want to be accepted in this life and in the life to come. For we, verse 10, must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ and we're going to all be there individually. That every man or every one, excuse me, may receive the things done in his body. You see that? You, you realize this? Every work you do in your body, you're going to receive that back at the judgment. Did it say that? You will receive the things done in your body. According to that if done, whether it be good or whether it be bad, and that has to do with the motive and the manner. Now, 1 Corinthians 3, verses 12 through 15, we'll look at this here in just a bit if we get to it. The Bible says our, our inherited works are like gold, silver, precious stones, durable riches. Eternal, durable riches. Your works. You say, hey, I did it. I tried really hard to serve Christ today. Guess what? You're going to receive something for that. You're going to receive the things that you did with your body today. His body's precious. He said, I don't like my body. Well, start doing things for God with it, and you'll start liking it a lot. It's a vessel to serve God in. That's what it is. And to receive bodily, you're going to receive works that you did back to you. Now, I said this kingdom is earned by service and works. My next statement is this kingdom is one that appears when Christ returns to earth. You're not getting it until Jesus returns. You know, inheritance comes at a proper time. Probably won't get to it tonight. Prodigal son, he brought this up. The prodigal son wanted his inheritance early. He went and squandered it all. All Right? He did get to go back home, but he had no inheritance. He says he had already given everything he had to the eldest son. Why? His eldest son's working daily out in the field for him every day. giving everything he has for his dad. He got the reward of the inheritance. The prodigal son got in. They killed the fatted calf. They put the ring on his finger. They put the, the robe on his body, and they had a party because he that was lost is found, but he didn't get the reward of the inheritance. He squandered it early. Let's turn over to Luke 19. And look how Jesus worded this in a parable. I can already tell I'm going to run out of time, but we, what's the silk what we can do here? Luke chapter 19, Jesus gives this parable. And look what it's, how, it's, how it's set up. So in verse 11, it says, And if they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was not a Jerusalem. And look into this because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. You see that? They were thinking that it was going to immediately come. Well, he's going to show them that it's not. And so it says in verse 12, he said, Therefore a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Jesus went to heaven. Right? He says, I will return unto you. I will return. And he called his ten servants. Ten is the number of the Gentiles, by the way. Okay? Which pertains to the Gentile church. And it says he delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. Now this, this is Israel. Okay? And then it came to pass that when he was returned, this is Jesus returning to receive what? His kingdom. Then he commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money that he might know how every man had gained by trading. Then came the first, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. He doubled his money. He said unto him, Well done, thou good servant. Because thou hast been faithful in very little, have thou authority over ten cities. That's a big-time inheritance, authority over ten cities in the kingdom. Think about how powerful that is. Every work you do for Christ is is priceless. Priceless. Verse 18, the second came saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. He said likewise to him, Be thou over five cities. And then another came saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound which I have kept laid up in a napkin. For I feared thee because thou art an austere man. Thou takest up that thou laidst not down, and reapest that thou didst not sow. He saith unto him, Out of thine own mouth, Why judge thee, thou wicked servant? Thou knewest that I was an austere man. Taking up that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. You know what he's saying? God demands a prophet. Out of all of our lives. He demands it. He deserves it. He says, Wherefore, then gavest not thou my money into the bank, that my coming I might have required mine own with usury. He says you should at least put it in a, in a banking account and get a little bit of interest. Now these other men are doubling his doubling money. Say so you to got a little for me. What'd you do? You hid it in a napkin laid up. And he said unto them, okay. And he said unto them, verse twenty four, that stood by. Boy, this is those that are dishing out the the, the uh, rewards of the inheritance. And what does he say? Take from him the pound and give it to him that hath ten pounds. That doesn't seem fair, does it? Take from the guy who only has one and give it to the one that has ten. Verse 25, They said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. For I say unto you that every one which hath shall be given and from him that hath not even that he hath shall be taken away from him. Now, this goes right along with 1 Corinthians 3 that says, some people are going to be saved yet so as by fire. The spirits, they're getting in. They're getting in without an inheritance. I don't know what they're going to do uh, for the millennial reign of Christ. God will have something for them, but they won't be ruling and reigning with Christ for a thousand years with a rod of iron over cities. That's a guaranteed fact. No increase, no return rewards. What did he say? You laid up your, your money in a napkin and hid it like they hid Jesus' body in a tomb under napkins. Think about that. No new life to rise to. No inheritance for the saints, but double for the faithful. So it's it's imperative that we become faithful. So here's the conclusion of the matter here. Those of us, I say us, I'll put it in there because he's speaking to Christians in Ephesians 5. Those of us who play around with the sins of the flesh and keep wearing the old man, you're going to forfeit your eternal inheritance. You're going to forfeit your millennial inheritance. You're forfeiting your rewards. You may get none. That's why he said in 2 Corinthians 5.10, Paul said this is the terror of the Lord. Knowing the terror of the Lord, I'm trying my best to persuade you to live right and to live holy and to live, serve the Lord Christ because it's of the Lord that you will receive the reward of the inheritance. It's, it's vital that we get this. Now, let me give you a few, uh, a few more things to say here as I close. You're saved by grace through faith. Anybody that teaches otherwise is a heretic. But you're not going to reign with Christ if you're unfaithful. Okay? Revelation 5.10, he says, He has made us kings and priests unto our God, and we shall reign on the earth. Okay? Now, a thousand years of reigning on the earth with Christ you will not reign with Christ if you refuse to suffer with Him now. You know, some people don't want to suffer. And Jesus said, you have to. You don't get to partake of eternal life and not get the sufferings also. You just don't get it. Now, Romans eight eleven tells us, if you have Christ, you will suffer with Him and you will reign with Him. Now, you might be denied only an earned inheritance, but you can't be denied salvation because salvation's of the Lord. You cannot lose your salvation, but Paul said it three times. You can lose a reward. If you're in Christ, you're joined to eternity. I don't fully understand that. That's where you got eternal life. It's in Him, right? He is eternal life, John, uh, John 17, 3. Well, you're going to stay faithful? Because your service for Christ determines your earthly rewards in the millennium. That's why. Don't you want it to be said unto you? This could be you in verse 17 of Luke 19. Well done. You know the one we always like to use in, in Matthew? That's mainly to the Jews. That's to Israel. This is to you. Well done, thou good servant. But how thou hast been faithful in very little have the authority over ten cities. Salvation, I'll say it again, is predicated on grace. It's the gift of God. Inheritance is predicated on works and faithfulness. God's incentive program. And it's for anybody. No respecter of persons. We just read that in Colossians 3. He doesn't have respecter of persons. He didn't pick, I'm giving her all the rewards and you get none. It's up to you. It's up to how we see things and do things. That's why it says in Ephesians 5, 7, Be not partakers with them who do all these evil deeds. You're going to lose your reward. So what are we saying? Let's please move on to proper service. Now let me lastly just give you three points, and we're done, and this is, and i I'm move on to another subject next week. Now listen to this. How am I going to earn a reward? If you want to look at these verses later, you can write them down and look at them. I would ask you to probably learn these because you'll so you'll know it. All right. So, number one, how am I knowing? This will ensure that I get a reward in heaven. You know, say, that's kind of selfish of me. Well, the Lord told us to do this, okay? Colossians 3, 23 and 24, we just read it. Do it heartily as to the Lord. If you want a reward, do it with your heart. Give it your heart. Why I'm doing this for the Lord Christ, not for man, not for a cause. It's for Jesus Christ. So number one, do it heartily. First Corinthians ten thirty one says, "Do all to the glory of God. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God." If you whatever you do, even if you are eating and drinking, pretty good deal there. You know you can get rewards in heaven for eating and drinking. If you'll do it to the glory of God. And do it heartily. As unto the Lord, that doesn't mean eat three portions. Do it heartily. Have a hearty. Okay? So number one, do it heartily as to the Lord. Number two, do it all to the glory of God. And then in Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, Do it with thy might. Do it with thy might. Anything worth doing for Christ is worth doing the best you can. Now if you'll do it in these with these three motives to the Lord, to the glory of God, and with thy might a reward will be waiting for you at the judgment. Okay? Now this is the inheritance of the saints. Okay? And I want to say, I barely scratched the surface on this. I know I did. I barely touched it. There's so much more to say. You know the Bible says in, in glory that uh, there's going to be differences of glory in the in the in even in our bodies. The Bible says there's differences of the sun, the moon, and the stars. So also the resurrection of the dead. Some are going to have very bright, shining bodies with of power and glory, more so than others who would not shine for Christ while they were on this earth. Well, it's all right before us. God says. Earn it. Go out and get it. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll just finish by saying this. Joshua told the people, there's your inheritance right there. Go get it. God already made the way. We've already crossed the Jordan. Go get it. Some of them didn't do it. Did you know the tribe of Dan didn't get their inheritance for many years? They sat around. The tribe of Simeon, Barely got one. They actually got theirs inside the tribe of Judah because they didn't go out and get it. He said, "Go get your inheritance. The Lord's opened the door for you. Why wouldn't you go in and take it?" A good, you know, a Christian that has vision and faith says, "I'm getting. I will to get what God has made for me. He loves me. He wants me to have it. What will our inheritance be? Isn't it something?" If we have faith and believe it, we'll do it.